Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Let's do this. It's the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio. Radio.com Sports. Sirius 206. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you, too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. You can interact with me on Twitter at Danny Parkins or at 855-212-4227. And we have one of my favorite guests to talk football with, Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports, joining the show in 35 minutes. In an hour and a half, Dan Wolken was in Atlanta at Colin Kaepernick's workout, he will join the show. He's the USA Today columnist who was covering the Colin Kaepernick story. We, of course, will be doing week 11 post game as we do every Sunday night during the football season with your top takeaways from the NFL at 855-212-4227. But we begin with 10 thoughts at 10 Eastern on week 11 of the National Football League. We begin with... Scenes from a movie. You remember Die Hard when uh, Carl Winslow from Family Matters, the cop, realizes that Nakatomi Plaza is under attack and Bruce Willis yells, welcome to the party, pal. That's how I felt about Bill O'Brien today saying pass interference is broken. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Who could have seen that coming except everybody? We did the show after the NFC title game right here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm wrong about most things. Ask my bookie. But man, was I right about this. I said there would be an overreaction when they voted months later to make pass interference reviewable. I said it was a slippery slope. I thought said it was going to be terrible, making judgment calls reviewable. And it was worse than I ever thought because now they're not even overturning obvious pass interference when they put the rule in place to right the egregious wrong of the NFC Championship game. I want to ask you this question. Do you think if the Saints-Rams NFC Championship play happened in a game tomorrow, happened in Monday Night Football, Chiefs-Chargers, and it was challenged, everything's the exact same. The hit, the early contact, the no flag. Everything's the exact same as the NFC Championship game. And Andy Reid challenged the play. Do you think pass interference would be called? Because I don't. They've created a system that didn't solve their original problem, and it didn't solve any other problems, but it created about 50 new ones in terms of a slippery slope. The NFL has to undo this rule and put the genie back in the bottle. There's no reason pass interference should be reviewable going forward. 
And if more people like Bill O'Brien speak out on it, there's a better chance of that happening. Second thought from week 10, or excuse me, at 10 Eastern, week 11 of the NFL. Sorry, Russell Wilson, but Lamar Jackson's now the MVP favorite. You didn't do anything to lose it, but he did something to take it from you. And this is going to be a race that goes down to the wire. I think if Pat Mahomes goes absolutely nuts at the end of the season, he can pass his way back into it. I think Deshaun Watson still has an outside shot. I think Russell, Russell Wilson still has a great shot. But Lamar Jackson outdueling Deshaun Watson in that spot, giving the Ravens a shot at a two seed, another four touchdown game. The poise, the highlights, the likability, everything about Lamar Jackson just screams not only franchise player, but face of the league type. The AFC is stacked with them. With Pat Mahomes in KC, Deshaun Watson in Houston, and Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Is that going to be a Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger for the next 15 years? I have no idea. But it's a hell of a foundation for the AFC. Lamar Jackson would now be number one on my ballot, passing Russell Wilson. Third takeaway from week 11 of the National Football League. We've been talking about them for about seven weeks on this show. The WTF Falcons. That's what they are. Anyone able to explain this? How they have more takeaways and turnovers in the last two weeks than the previous eight combined? It can't be that Raheem Morris switched from wide receiver coach to defensive back coach two weeks ago. That's the solution. Dan Quinn flipped an offensive coach and made him a defensive coach. And now all of a sudden the Falcons defense is good. The Falcons are the team that a lot of us like to win that division before the season. Thought that there was good Super Bowl value on them. Thought they were healthy. Thought they were improved. Thought that they still had enough firepower on offense. Who the hell is this team? I still don't think Dan Quinn can save his job, but I will admit to being confused as to, so the bye happens, they beat the Saints, then they beat the Panthers, and the defense just is all of a sudden sacking the quarterback and taking the ball away. That's what Dan Quinn, the defensive coach, was supposed to do. So good on him. I think it's too little too late, but we'll see. Speaking of the NFC South, Panther fans, I told you this too. You still trading Cam Newton? Be very, very wary of falling in love with the backup quarterback. Jaguars fans did it with uh, Minshew Mania. Panthers fans did it with Kyle Allen. He stopped fumbling the ball for a minute today to throw four interceptions. You absolutely positive you want to trade the only MVP in the history of your franchise, the best player in the history of your franchise for Kyle Allen? You positive about that? I certainly wouldn't be if I'm a Panther fan. If Cam Newton's healthy, he's much better than Kyle Allen. But I wonder if that ship has sailed. Not because of anything Kyle Allen's done, but because Cam Newton hasn't been healthy and change of scenery might be the best thing for all parties involved. But people got very, very silly on this backup quarterback love. Number five, as I give you 10 things at 10 Eastern in week 11 of the National Football League, Therese Paler from Yahoo in 30 minutes. Your thoughts coming up. 855-212-4227. React to mine or give me yours. I got a young quarterback theory, and it revolves around Dwayne Haskins and our nation's capital. If you draft a quarterback who 
is ready to play because of his college experience and his pedigree, play them immediately because there's nothing more valuable than a good quarterback on a rookie contract. It's how Seattle built its first Super Bowl team. It's how the Cowboys were able to be so productive with all this talent leading up to the decision to have to pay Dak Prescott coming up soon. A young quarterback who's good on a rookie deal is the most valuable thing in football. However, if your quarterback is more of a project, he's more developmental, it's going to take a little bit of time, that's okay. Just get the offensive head coach that he's going to be operating under in there as soon as possible. Jared Goff had his development stunted by playing under Jeff Fisher. Mitch Trubisky had his development stunted when Dow Loggins was his offensive coordinator under John Fox. And I think that's what's happening with Dwayne Haskins. He's not ready to play. And the coach isn't in place that he's going to be learning and playing under. So why make him lose his confidence, get hit, learn this new system, only to tear it all up, flush that memory, and learn a new one again next year? I think it's a really dangerous thing for the development of these young quarterbacks. If you've got Pat Shermer and you're the Giants, play Daniel Jones. If you've got Adam Gase and you're the Jets, play Sam Darnold. If you've got Cliff Kingsbury and you're the Cardinals, play Kyler Murray. I got no problem with that. But if the young quarterback who's the project doesn't have the coach that he's going to develop under, I think it does more harm than good to their development to play him. Speaking of young quarterbacks, number six, 10 thoughts at 10 Eastern, week 11 of the NFL. We know the AFC is stacked. Mahomes, Watson, Lamar Jackson for the future. If you had to start your team with a 26 and under NFC quarterback, I legitimately don't know if there's one that I would feel great about. Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Dwayne Haskins. I guess Carson Wentz followed by Kyler Murray. I guess. Congratulations to the Rams on having Jared Goff locked up for $32 million a year. Congrats to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, by the way, third 400-yard game of the season. He's been very, very good this year. Can't knock the hustle. I still maintain that he's an average talent with a superstar cast around him. Great offensive line, great receivers, great running back. But Dak's doing it this year. If Dak's the guy you want to make the argument for, okay, fine. You're going to get the opportunity to pay him more than Russell Wilson this offseason. Congratulations on that. I love Kyler Murray, but he makes Russell Wilson look big. It's not Haskins. It's not Mitch. It's not Goff. I don't think it's Daniel Jones. I don't know who the future quarterback is in the NFC. Number seven, the gamblers will relate to. Fantasy players will relate to. But if you watch the end of Niners Cardinals today, we got an integrity of the game situation on our hands. That touchdown at the end on the crazy lateral play by the Cardinals where the guy is down, the lineman is down, there's people on top of him, and he throws the ball 20 yards backwards from the ground with people touching him. Niners pick it up and score. Awesome if you had the Niners fantasy defense. Awesome if you laid 10 points with the Niners and covered. A sweat if you had... Cardinals plus 10 and a half or more. Absolutely brutal if you got that push on Cardinals plus 10 when you were winning the entire game. But 
Scoring plays are meant to be reviewed. It doesn't matter that that did not impact the winner or loser of that game. There is real money at stake here. Gambling is going to be legal federally on sports sooner rather than later. DFS. People watch Cardinals Niners when they're not fans of the Cardinals or Niners often because of the extracurriculars, the fantasy, the survivor pools, the gambling. You cannot have a blatant non-touchdown count as a touchdown when there's all this money at stake for your consumer. I know that seems a little ridiculous. Oh, what's the difference? The the Niners win by 10 instead of by three. Now it matters. It could have mattered a lot more if that would have swung the over under or if it would have been a nine point spread instead of a 10 point spread. Like that could have been millions and millions of dollars swung on that play. A complete joke. And by the way, I had zero dollars on it. Did not affect me one way or the other. But a touchdown in an NFL game today was ruled a touchdown because it was the last play of the game and the refs just wanted to get out of there and they did not review a touchdown. That cannot happen. There's too much money at stake for your consumer. Number eight, my 10 thoughts at 10 Eastern on week 11 of the NFL is just quite simply a moment of appreciation for Quentin Nelson. He might be the best offensive line in football. Offensive lineman in football. Sixth overall pick, all pro as a rookie, out in Notre Dame, Indianapolis Colts, huge part of the reason why their offensive line is so good, why Marlon Mack has been productive, why Jacoby Brissett was able to step in for Andrew Luck, why the Colts are a legitimate contender in the AFC, one of the best uh, run organizations seemingly in the NFL. Quentin Nelson is arguably their most talented player, and yes, I know Darius Leonard exists, and it was awesome that Frank Reich wanted him to get into the end zone. And it was even cooler that he did a keg stand as a celebration with his fellow offensive linemen. And even though I just got done railing against the NFL for allowing that touchdown in Niners Cardinals to stand, I think if a celebration is that cool as Quentin Nelson, that touchdown should have stand too. The best play of the day in the NFL was a touchdown that didn't count because we got to see Quentin Nelson do a keg stand on his offensive linemen. Shout out to the fat guys getting in the end zone. Number nine, I couldn't help myself think about the Detroit Lions today. Lions fans, I got a question for you. We know Jeff Driscoll's not the answer. And Matt Stafford's awesome. Matt Stafford's the best quarterback in the history of your franchise. Fastest quarterback to 40,000 passing yards. An absolute monster of a leader. Eight consecutive, nine consecutive years playing in the NFL. But now this is two years in a row with serious back injury concerns for Matt Stafford looks like you're going to get a top 10 pick in a quarterback rich draft but you need a lot of help on defense you got a defensive head coach your offense has Galladay and Jones and Hawkinson and Stafford so it would stand to reason get the defense up to par keep Stafford healthy and the Lions could be a contender for the next couple of years or you draft your QB of the future if it's me and you have a top 10 pick, and you have a quarterback that you love, you draft the quarterback, you take your lumps, and you sit him behind Stafford for a year and develop him, and then you trade Matt Stafford like the Chiefs were able to do, like the Ravens were able to do when they passed the baton off to their next guy. Stafford would have trade value at 32, 33 years old. So you wouldn't get nothing for him 
and it's a tough, cold world, but back injuries don't go away. And if there's not a QB that you love, take the best defensive player available and build around Stafford until there is. I got no problem with it. But I think this is actually, if you, you want to be ahead of the curve, you want to be a year too early as opposed to a year too late of finding your next franchise quarterback, the Lions could be put in a very, very difficult spot this offseason. And I'm genuinely curious how Lions fans feel about building around Stafford or moving on. Speaking of NFC North quarterbacks, I got to give it up. Begrudging respect to Kirk Cousins. First team in five years to come back from down 20 nothing at halftime. Last 99 teams to do it were winless. They got that win against the Broncos. Kirk Cousins, ever since the Bears destroyed him and Stephon Diggs was asking for a trade and Adam Thielen had his quarterback publicly apologizing, Kirk Cousins has been awesome. The Vikings are weird. The Vikings can look like the best team in the NFL and then they can get down 20 nothing to the Broncos. I still don't think the Vikings can win the Super Bowl, but they're going to be there in the playoffs. I think as a wild card team, that Monday night game, I think it's week 16 Packers and Vikings is going to be spectacular, but man, I got to be honest. I thought he was just a between the twenties quarterback. I got to give it up for Kirk cousins. Eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven is the telephone number. Those are my 10 thoughts at 10 Eastern on week 11 of the NFL. What are yours? And I'll tell you what I would do if I was the Lions coming up before Therese Paler. That's next. The Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show, where CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We will get to Therese Paler from Yahoo in 15 minutes. Dan Wolken was at Colin Kaepernick's workout. He'll be with us at 1140 Eastern. I think the Lions situation is fascinating. They're not the biggest story of the day, but I'm watching that game against the Cowboys and I'm watching Jeff Driscoll and I'm thinking about, okay, the Lions are going to have a top 10 pick again. They drafted TJ Hawkinson with the eighth pick last year. Stafford's now had back-to-back years with back injuries. This year, it cost him to miss games. He's on the wrong side of 30. He's 31, but he's still awesome, and their offense is ready-made. They should have a top 10 passing offense in the league every year with Galladay and Jones and Hall and Hawkinson and Stafford. So the logical thing is build up the defense. But if you love a quarterback, if you fall in love with Herbert, or Burroughs, or Tua, or whomever, it's rare to be able to pick that high. And I'm sure a Lion fan will be like, nah, it ain't. It's not rare for Lions fans to be able to pick that high. True, I understand that, absolutely. But passing the baton from one franchise quarterback to the next, and getting younger and cheaper, and then getting value for Stafford, that's how a lot of the smart teams do it, Right? And that's how you have that prolonged period of winning. Not that the Lions have had a prolonged period of winning under Matt Stafford, but just not being in the doldrums of quarterback play. Being able to go from Favre to Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. That's how good teams stay good. The Patriots always were grooming a guy. Groom Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Brady kept playing. Groomed Jacoby Brissett. Brady kept playing. But they were always ready for whenever Father Time caught up to Tom Brady. Lions should take note. If there's a guy they love, you got to say goodbye to Matt Stafford earlier rather than later. 855-212-4227. Real quick, Steven in South Carolina. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Benny, love your show. First-time caller. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, think about your quarterback situation, Detroit. Uh, do you go ahead and make a trade up to number one and get two lugs? Or, now being a Clemson fan that I am, or do you go ahead and get a defensive guy this year and then wait till next year to try to make a trade up for number one and get Trevor Lawrence? And I'll listen to your response. Thank you. Listen, I'm a Trevor Lawrence guy, too. I think he's going to be awesome. Whoever gets no, the number one pick in two years is not trading it unless it's a real weird situation, right? Unless the Cardinals, like Kyler Murray gets hurt and he's there or like some team with a young franchise quarterback who's good. But Trevor Lawrence, whoever gets the number one pick is not trading that pick. So you'll have to be the worst team in the NFL in two years to get it. And I think the Lions are too talented to be the worst team in the league in two years. So that's what I'm talking about. That's why this particular year when you blew the Cardinals game and tied, when the refs stole the Packers game against you, when your record could clearly be three games better than it is right now, and you're going to find yourself as a decent team in the top 10, I think you take advantage of it and you draft your quarterback of the future and then you get ready to trade Matt Stafford if there's a guy you love. If not, go conventional, take best defensive player on the board. But if there's a quarterback you love, take him, even though it's way earlier than you would otherwise have thought you would have needed to for the best quarterback in the history of your franchise, the first, the fastest guy to 40,000 yards in Matt Stafford. Hey, Therese Paylor's from Detroit. We'll ask him what he thinks the Lions should do and about the young quarterback situation in the NFL. Therese Paylor from Yahoo coming up. This is the Danny Parkin Show. All right, joining me now on the Danny Parkin Show, the Radio.com app, CBS Sports Radio. You should know him by now if you've been listening to this show, the Yahoo NFL podcast, Yahoo senior NFL writer, Therese Paler with me on the show. Therese, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Danny, how you doing, man? I'm great. I love talking football with you, and I have to be honest with you. I, uh, I've probably thought about your training camp report from Ravens training camp. Yeah. 10 times this season because nice. that that story man where they talked about why can't Lamar Jackson win an MVP and he's natural and the confidence and the Pat Mahomes comp like it, it's just ringing so true to me and he's the best thing in the NFL so far this season what do you think we're watching in the midst of watching here with Lamar Jackson so, so the reason that they all felt that way, and I'm glad you brought that story back up, the reason they all felt that way is because in today's NFL, the ability of the quarterback to make something happen, to make a play when there isn't one, to create, and also be able to throw. you got to be able to throw, but to be able to create with the run game and create, to, create a throw is so important. The game has never been easier to throw the ball. Like, they've legislated defense out in a lot of ways, at least until it gets to January. So during the regular season, you know, your quarterback has to make plays. Like, average quarterbacks aren't doing it anymore, you know? Like, you're not going to get in the game manager, man. Like, it, it, we're beyond that point in today's NFL. It's so offensive heavy, you got to be able to create. So, um, 
That's the thing we're seeing from Lamar Jackson as a creator. He's unbelievable. It's basically Michael Vick's running ability. And as a passer, like the things I heard on that trip really opened my eyes. I mean, listen, they were telling me, hey, listen, it's not like he doesn't see the field. He's got great field vision. They gave me multiple examples of times where he would see like the third and fourth read, like where he wasn't even supposed to get to on the read, you know? Um, and he's getting to some of those. And they've done a really, really good job being creative with their run scheme, Danny. It, the Ravens' run scheme under Greg Roman, and he's one of the guys I've talked to in August. It, it's really multiple and varied. And it's, you know, no matter what you choose to try to take away, they're going to punish you. They're, they're going to punish you because they got these big tight ends that can run and catch. And if you try to match up against the tight ends with size, you can't catch up with Lamar. But if you try to put the speed on the field to neutralize Lamar, they're going to bludgeon you downhill with Ingram and the tight ends. There's no right answer as long as he's connecting on enough passes to keep you honest. Yeah, and I also I don't think we're close to scratching the surface, and the argument of it can't be sustained and he's going to get hurt is falling really flat with me, Therese, when half of the teams in the NFL have had to use a backup quarterback already this year. Like, maybe he gets hurt, maybe he doesn't, but it's not like he's uniquely positioned to get hurt. All these guys are getting hurt. Here's one other thing I think is really important. That's a good point. Here's another thing I think is really important to remember, okay? It's not like there's some dart of running quarterbacks in college right now, okay? Like, this is – that's the, they, they're going to be coming here, right? You're going to be able – to find guys that can kind of execute this because college is pretty much going to RPO spread game quarterback got to be able to hurt you with his legs. You know what that means? That means that your second and third quarterback should be able to be pretty decent because colleges are are developing these types of guys. Um, And by the way, you don't need Lamar Jackson to be healthy for 16. You just need him to be ready, healthy for most of them and then the playoffs. So if it works, it works. And in the NFL, that's what matters. Is it winning on Sunday? And their run game, their varied run scheme, it really is fun to watch. And he is a dynamic talent. And as a creator slash playmaker, I really hope people, um, you know, really give him his due. Like the whole, he's, you know, the best running back I've seen. It's, it's, it's infuriating, to be honest. So I'm glad people are starting to give him his due. Yeah, and you were all over it, man. It was it was a great story from training camp. We're talking to Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports. So the AFC is set, right? It's got Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks of the future in that conference. If I said 26 and under uh, quarterbacks in the NFC, so that's Dak, Goff, Wentz, Kyler, Daniel Jones, Trubisky, Haskins, and you had to say best young quarterback in the NFC is who? Okay. So Dak, Goff, Wentz, Tyler, Jones, Trubisky, and Haskins. Okay. Dak numbers have been really good this year. Um, he's really developed um, under Kelly Moore. I, I like what I've seen. I, w- I wouldn't put Goff in this situation. He just needs too much around him to be well, to, to, to be really rolling for him to like function at a high level i don't like that like i want quarterbacks that can create even when everything everything around him is not great um wins is pretty creative Wins kind of has some of that too he can he can make stuff happen um i'm really high on kyler murray he was one of my he was my all juice quarterback last year he's done a really good job for like what that team has that's not a very talented team um jones is okay Trubisky, we know where he's at haskins has to show a lot more so i think you know between Dak and wits and Kyler is like a third. I think that'd pretty much be it for me. And, uh, you know, whether you want Dak or Wentz depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But it's between those two. 
And the AFC just seems to be clearly ahead of the NFC there, oh. right? Like that AFC group is just much better than the guys oh, we just named. Loaded. It's loaded, right? Like, how good are you feeling if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Texans, or you're the Ravens right now? Like, you're just like, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to be great for a decade. Like, Watson had a bad day, but he, had, he was hurt. He had an ankle injury. and You know, but, but he's fantastic. Like, basically every other game this year, he's always done some a lot of really special things. So, yeah, I, I mean, we're trying to figure out who's going to be, you know, the Rocky to Mahomes is Apollo, you know? Uh, Mahomes already won the MVP. We're trying to find out who's going to challenge him. Is it going to be Lamar or Deshaun? I mean, pretty good chance it might end up be both, being both of them. Like the AFC, from a young quarterback perspective, is just completely stacked. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And All right, so I, I got a young quarterback theory I want to run by you. Um, yeah. And, and Haskins sure. is making me think it. Um, okay. So, so Goff's development seemed to be stunted by playing him early in the system that he wasn't going to ultimately be in, right, when he played with Jeff Fisher before McVay got there. Uh, the, sa- the same thing clearly happened with Trubisky. He had to play in three different systems in three years, the North Carolina year, then the John Fox Dow Loggins year, then the Matt Nagy year. And we see that it's really stunted his development, both physically and maybe more so mentally. Haskins doesn't seem to be ready. Why play him before you find the offensive coach that you're going to pair him with? Like, I have no problem playing Kyler Murray early when you have Kingsbury. I got no problem playing Daniel Jones early when you've got Pat Shermer, because whatever you think about Shermer, Shermer's at least the offensive coach that's going to be there for a while. Like, what are they gaining by playing Haskins in a system that he's not going to be running next year? Um, so <laughs> here's the thing. I understand it, and I agree with it. I think it hurts the quarterback when they've got to learn something in year two because the problem is, like, year three, there's, like, real expectations, as we're learning with Trubisky. Like, there's real expectations, and you feel better with two years under than just one. Uh, But the reason, like, these guys are playing is because, you know, Washington is going to evaluate the quarterback position. Like, whoever they hire to be the head coach might want someone else, right? But having the tape of Haskins playing right now – against NFL defenses and seeing how he reacts to being the guy and learning his work habits and seeing how he prepares. Like, that's information that can help you kind of, like, make that decision. Um, that's why, though, like, but you don't understand, like, at a fundamental level, I don't disagree with you. I think when you draft your franchise quarterback, you better make sure that the coach you're, that, that he's going to have initially is going to be his guy for the first three years because you got to be able and in position to make a decision on this guy by year three because guess what after year three you got to make a decision on the fifth year option that's a big decision in the first round that's a huge decision um and you got to be able to make a decision on the extension right so you know it's important that that guy has all the advantages possible and Mahomes has had him, right? He not just have Andy Reid, he had Andy Reid for his whole career. And that's not to say it can't happen if you don't have that guy, but it, I do think it does hurt. Um, and, and when you do play these guys, when these bad teams are playing these guys, it's because they got to see, they think they got to see what they've got just in case they got to make another evaluation on the quarterback position. Like, so, because, hey, look, at the end of the day, we don't know who Washington's coach is going to be next year. He might not want some. He might not want Haskins. And at that point, you're going to be pulling Arizona and trading them, right? Just like they did with Josh Rosen. Yeah, no that 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 is definitely a good counterfactual to Josh Rosen example. I just I watch a guy like that. Like if it was Deshaun Watson, right? Okay, play him. 
Guy had 30-plus starts in college. He was clearly ready. If he had to change coaches early on, he'd be able to deal with it. But guys like Haskins and Trubisky, who seem to be more like projects that you're projecting long-term, I feel like it really does a disservice to those guys. Josh Rosen maybe being another example of it. Like you're put, you're putting them behind the eight ball to succeed. And I know that the team has to put the team first, but I, I feel for these quarterbacks who go to terrible oh. situations. Well, how about this though, right? I don't know if it's just that. I think like I, I think we know that for a quarterback to develop, like you need like a lot of things around him to go well. Like there's gotta be talent around him. The protection's gotta be okay. A quarterback mind, someone that calls plays, con you know, continuity, familiarity, like that matters. Like all these all these quarterbacks we're talking about who who've had who struggle kinda in these situations, right? Uh, Trubisky with Fox. Uh, Rosen with Steve Wilkes, um, you know, Jay Gruden and Haskins. Like, these are bad situations. <laughs> like, these are bad situations in general for the quarterback, you know? Like, they, so, like, I don't even know, I don't know how much of the, how much of them struggling has to do with them playing as it is. Like, they're behind the eight ball because they're in a bad situation in general. Like, you got to change the whole system now because there's a new coach coming. It really stinks. It's really unfortunate. And the worst thing in the world I hate is the, the, I hate seeing really talented quarterbacks go to bad situations where they're not going to get the continuity and familiarity they need to pick things up as quick as they need to pick it up because they don't wait for you in the NFL. Like, not yep. for long. That's real. That's real. And, I, I, like, Haskins is a player I like. Like, that's a horrible situation in Washington. Like that, good luck. Almost anybody. Like it took a veteran like Alex Smith to even be functional there. And then what happens? The quarterback goes away, and that's a guy who knew everything about winning, knew how to win, played for Andy Reid. All of a sudden, what? They can't win a game. It's just it's it's really tough, man. Uh, I want to ask you about your Lions before you get out of here. We're talking to yeah. Therese. Yeah. I know uh, Therese Paler, the Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson is a must listen. Read this man's work at Yahoo Sports. So Stafford's awesome. But now it's back-to-back years with serious back injuries. He's 31, and it looks like they could have a top-10 pick in a good quarterback draft. They clearly have huge problems defensively, but these opportunities to draft in the top-10 don't always come around. Like, If you're running the Lions, are you drafting Stafford's successor, letting him sit, and then trading Stafford in a year? Or are you still trying to build a winner around Matt Stafford? If I feel good about the quarterback I could potentially get in the top ten, you always do that. Like, just from a football theory standpoint, if you're drafting high and you're really really in love with a quarterback, you take him, right? You just take the guy. And then you deal with the Stafford conundrum later. You know, at the end of the day, he's got a ton of cap, you know, dead money. Like, like getting rid of him is not going to be easy, okay? You know, you get rid of him next year, that's $26 million of dead money. You know, in a couple years, 2021 is pretty reasonable. You can save $20 million by, by trading or cutting him, okay? So, yeah, if I'm the Lions, like, ideally, you know, you fall in love with a Justin Herbert or something. And I'm not saying I'm a fan of the, of the player. I'm just saying in general because I haven't died. I haven't dove into the draft stuff like that yet. Um, but if you fall in love with the quarterback, Joe Burrow, whoever, um, you say, okay, we can afford to sit him for a year, um, let, watch, let him watch Stafford for a year, and then make a decision. You know, after that about Stafford, we can trade him. And I, he, will have, he will have value. And there's a lot to be said for being able to build a, a team 
from years two to four on that rookie contract because um, it's going to be really cheap. And Lord knows they need the help. So I do think that's a decision they'll have to make. And if they really like one of the players in the top ten that's a quarterback, that's something they should look at. All right, 60 seconds or less. I can't have a football dork like you on and not talk any defense. Yeah. Uh, whose defense is better, Patriots or Niners? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I, I think the 49ers would have had a real strong case before Quan Alexander got hurt. Their nickel defense was incredible. The pass rush, the marriage of that with the, with the speed on the back end. But I'm always going to pick Bill Belichick. I'm just going to do that. You know, they're doing some great things defensively this year. But both of them are a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it, it's really cool to see because it's just so hard. It's so hard to play defense these days. So I'm glad some people are still getting after it. Therese Paler, read his work at Yahoo Sports, listen to his podcast with Charles Robinson. It's good stuff. It's informative. It's funny. Uh, there's a lot of fact-based reporting that goes into it, film study. It's a good listen. Therese, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for the time. Hey, anytime, Danny. Thanks, man. No, thank you. That's Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports. Check out his podcast, like I said. Read his work at Yahoo. Uh, Rams on top of the Bears right now, 10-7 to 7 with a little less than eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. We will get into this once uh, the Westwood One coverage of Sunday Night Football ends and we clear on a lot more radio stations. I've obviously uh, I'm working here in Chicago covering the Bears, so I'll be getting into this game in full a little bit later on. It is uh, setting back offensive football greatly. But coming up next, the undeniable truth about Colin Kaepernick, even if you hate him, I hope you can at least admit one, admit one thing. And then we'll talk to someone who is at his workout coming up a little bit later. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 